The following program is a paid advertisement and does not necessarily reflect the opinions of station owner, WJUL Radio, LLC. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission. To explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally, not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. Welcome to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. We are coming to you from the studios of WJUL Talk Radio, 97.5 FM and 12.30 AM. My producer, Tim Rose, is running the board today and may from time to time interject his two cents. You with me, Tim? Yes, sir, I am. This program is for you, listeners, no matter who you voted for or what political party you belong to. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is not about politics. It's about principle. It's not about candidates. It's about conscience and the Constitution. Like the name implies, this program is about freedom, your freedom, where it comes from, what it means to you, and how to hang on to it. We have been talking about Obamacare. We've talked, first of all, about the question, who owns your body? And as you know, uh, according to the Supreme Court, the federal government not only owns your body, but can do with it whatever uh, the federal government wants. Uh, We've talked about the principles behind the Obamacare bill. Namely, if you're roughly between the ages of 15 and 45, you have the best chance of getting care, not that you're going to get all you need. But below 15 and above 45, um, it's going to be tough getting the things you need. So we thought today would be a good day to bring a very special guest Uh, Sandy Goss. First of all, she is the president of the Cherokee County 912. Uh, She's done an incredible job there, and that's, but that's not why she's here. Sandy Goss was born in Great Britain, and she was a registered nurse, an RN, in Great Britain. She worked under the British socialized health care system. She came to this country and worked as a nurse in this country, so I don't know of anyone who has a better perspective on the two different health care systems, the one in Great Britain that we don't want and the one that we're going to get here unless we get do something about it in November. So Sandy Goss, welcome to the Freedom Forum. Uh, thank you very much for being with us. So what do you got to say? Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me today. I'm delighted to share with you any information that I can. Um, 
you asked me about the British system. Well, first of all, let me say that having someone with a British accent on this program definitely raises it to an upper-class program right away. So I'm really thrilled to have you there for no other reason than that. What I'd like you to start out is just explain to us how does the British system work if you were a patient? Uh, Put yourself back to whatever you know about it, and you're a patient, a citizen of Great Britain, you have a problem, what do you do? Well, everything goes through the local physician, or as you'd say here, MD, over there it's GP, general practitioner. Every little town, village, whatever, has a general practitioner there. And this, you would register with him. Hopefully you can get registered with him, which may be another wait. When you say registered, what do you mean by registered? It's just sign up, in other words, get on his waiting list so he knows you are his patient. So in other words, you might have one or two of these uh, family docs in a town or family you practitioners. You may if the town's big enough. Or but you, you may have just, just one. You may have just one. Or he may not even be in your town. He may be at some distance away. This is true. So the first thing you have to do is you have to make him aware that you are going to be or you want to be his patient, but that doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're even going to get to be his patient. There are no guarantees, Um, and a lot depends on the location, the population, um, the makeup of the population, you know, whether there's more elderly, et cetera, in the area. So there is a waiting list for the GP, um, and, again, it just depends on those factors how quickly you become his patient. I really want to, I want to delve into this a little because this is kind of amazing to me. So in other words, you could be living in village XYZ, okay? You know you need medical care. You go knock on the door and they say, well, look, I'm sorry, we're all filled up. Put your name on the waiting list. And if someone dies and, and, a, and there's an opening, well, then we'll take you as a patient. Is that the, kind of the way it works? Well, not quite. Not quite. Because there are some backup systems. Um, for instance, we do have emergency rooms, which are called A&E, accident and emergency, or often called casualty. Um, they are always under the national health care system. And um, so those are of use to you, too. Um, we also, the doctors do make house calls in England. Now, and that's called calling the doctor out, which is amazing to people over here. But it's manned often by doctors that have just graduated from medical school. They can be called out 24 hours a day. They will then call the report to the GP or send the patient to the hospital. So there are some backup systems there. But, but basically, you may or may not have a regular doctor that you can call your own. Is that correct? Well... Hopefully you will. I mean, you may have to wait, but I have to say that, um, you know, all my family have them, so hopefully in the area they live at least, um, you do have a GP. So you have a GP, and he Mm kind of acts like a gatekeeper, isn't that correct? That's correct. It is through him that um, tests are ordered, uh, consultations are made with other physicians, referrals, whatever is needed. However, it's not really as simple as that because every test you need is not like here. You're spoiled here. We get our slip of paper. 
we troop ourselves off to the lab whenever we feel like going, and then we go back to and make our appointment to see our doctor. That is not how it works. You, he will say you need such and such an X-ray done, and he will then refer that. His nurse will call the hospital, and you'll be contacted later when you go for this X-ray. It can be a long period of time. If you're talking about MRIs, CAT scans, it is a long wait. It can be weeks. How about months? It can be months. Um, I have um, the National Health Service is trying very hard to improve on its timeframes, and its goal is 18 weeks. So that the, is horrendous. The goal in Great Britain under the National Health Service then is if your doctor says... Your GP says that uh, you need an MRI. Mm-hmm. You could have up to an 18-week wait or more. 12 to 18 weeks is what they're saying now. That was the latest figures I could obtain. So that really is quite different, of course, than what it is here. So I'll tell you what. Let's uh, pay a few bills here take a break, and we'll be right back with Sandy Goss, registered nurse from Great Britain, and the United States first-hand experience in both healthcare systems. Do you have eye problems? Ophthalmologist Dr. Dan Eichenbaum, a graduate of Yale Medical School and the Bascom Palmer Eye Institute, has the training and experience to give your precious eyes the expert care they need. Whether it's cataract surgery, macular degeneration, diabetic eye disease, or glaucoma, call Dr. Dan Eichenbaum, 828-837-5404 in Murphy or 706-745-9777 in Blairsville. Medicare, insurance accepted, quality eye care regardless of your ability to pay. Are you a musician? Appalachian Sound can help. We offer music classes. Our store has a wide selection of name brand instruments and equipment. We also have a modern digital recording studio. We can convert your LPs and cassettes to CD and VHS to DVD. Appalachian Sound has a multimedia room with projector, screen, and sound system. Perfect for your next committee meeting, performance, or birthday party. We also offer video services. Appalachian Sound is located at 18 Creekside Plaza in Hainesville, North Carolina. Call or come by today, 828-389-7113. Check out our upcoming events at AppalachianSound.com. A long, long time ago in Young Harris, a restaurant opened with food so tasty and delicious the streets were chaos with bandits and outlaws fighting for a chance to enjoy one of their delicious steaks. That place is still here, and it's right down the road. Brothers at Willow Ranch is the place for the finest steaks, seafood, burgers, and chicken in town. Located on Highway 76 in Young Harris, Brothers at Willow Ranch, where Southern hospitality is their specialty. Call for reservations today, 706-379-1272. Find the right club for you at the new Golftopia in Hayesville, your local discount golf store opening July 21st. Golftopia sports new and used clubs and consignment is available by calling 828-360-2103. Take a club on a test drive using our hitting mats and putting surface and enjoy a free gift with your first purchase. Putter up at the new Golftopia at 1124 Highway 69 in Hayesville in the Tri-County Plaza next to Color Splash and kick your handicap to the curb. Goss, registered nurse in England and in the United States, unique perspective on both healthcare systems. Sandy, we were talking about access to care, and access to care is certainly a major factor that we look at here. Uh, One of the things that Obamacare is supposed to fix is access to care, but if you look at it, uh, 
we have incredible access to care here now, don't we? You do. You have the best health care system in the world. And um, it's very difficult for Americans to imagine what may be coming our way. Um, uh, it's not just one test. We, we left off talking about tests and the physician. You remember that's just one test, the x-ray we talked about. But then he, he may order other tests. And again, your waiting period is going to kick in there. So if you have any major problems, it can be weeks and weeks before you receive the care that you need. Now, we know that in dealing with serious illness, serious illness like cancer, stroke, heart disease, time is obviously a critical factor if you want to cure people. So what you're saying is that under a nationalized health care system, socialized medicine, like they have in Great Britain and most of the world, and fortunately not yet here, all of people, patients with these serious illnesses nevertheless have to wait weeks and weeks and weeks in order to have tests. This is absolutely correct. Yes, there is no rushing to do this. Um, and of course, elective surgeries, much, much longer. Um, there. It is so much up to the primary physician or the GP how your care goes. He, he can't hurry things with the hospital. That's a different entity. And he will evaluate you by age, by the other problems that you're having medically, whether he thinks you even need these tests. So in other words, what you're saying is the, the gatekeeper, and it's a true gatekeeper system. It is. He decides... Number one, what you need, and then he makes a judgment about your value to society. This is absolutely correct. And uh, some of us could then end up on the short end of the stick, could we not? You would, and sadly, if you think about this logically, if we're not getting the tests, if we have a problem, a lump or some other problem, you know, immediately we go to the doctor here. If we're in England, we may wait a period of time to even see the doctor, he may instantly think to himself or come to the conclusion that it's malignant without the necessary biopsies that we have so readily over here, and you have just been given your death warrant. Well, that's an interesting thing. You know, doctors are often criticized in this country for playing God. But in actuality, in Great Britain, the general practitioner is God in he, that sense. He determines whether you live or you die. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and it is said in Great Britain that doctors are prematurely ending the lives of thousands of elderly people. You know, I heard a number, and this may or may not be true, I heard that, they, that last year they, they, their delay in care or their denial of care resulted in the death of about 130,000 people. That is correct. Is that the number you heard? That is correct, and, and some as high as half a million that is immoral. It is disgusting. Uh, I saw a study in Belgium where they, they did a study, uh, they uh, did a survey of registered nurses, and almost 50% admitted that they had purposely giving, had given uh, excess doses of pain medication to end the lives of people they thought basically needed killing for one reason or another. Uh, that generally, to me, is an indication that 
you have to have a pretty low value on place a low value on human life to be able to do that. As a physician myself, I don't think I could ever purposely end someone's life, no matter what, because the Hippocratic Oath says to me, from from conception to natural death, my obligation is to try to effect a cure. Absolutely, and I have to say that I have never seen that. But if you read about the socialized system, you'll see that there is unwritten laws, and it's called the death pathway for inconvenient elderly. I saw that. Isn't that called the LCI, isn't it? That's correct. That's correct. And it starts with the withdrawal or the cutback of medication to that patient. And from then, from there, it goes to the cutback or limit of food and often water, which to me was horrific. And when I was in nursing in England, I saw this. I saw patients literally deprived of all comfort, even comfort measures that... uh, just allow the patient to die with dignity that is withdrawn and the reasons given although not written on a list are that these patients are very complicated to take care of they're elderly many disease processes going on and that they take up too much time in the hospital using those hospital beds for something that they consider not an efficient use of that bed so basically, you're talking about cost effectiveness Absolutely. of care. Absolutely. You know, under Obamacare, our medical care is going to be determined by the Independent Payment Advisory Board, the mm-hmm. IPAB, and their their charge. Their what they are supposed to do is to determine the cost effectiveness of care for each one of us, <laughs> and that cost effectiveness is calculated very simply: the cost of the treatment that the patient needs divided by the life expectancy. That, that is very similar, although uh, I, I can't find any information on it actually or a list or something that will simplify it for you. It just isn't there, but it's a, it's a way of life, well, and it's I don't accepted. Think you, I don't think you're going to find a list because mm-hmm. anyone who would write that list down, um, I don't know. I mean, at some point, if that list were discovered and his name was signed underneath of it, I would think he'd be in some serious trouble. I mean, that constitutes, in my mind, that constitutes murder. That, that's correct. And it's very interesting that, the, you know, in England, they're dead set against the death penalty. Well, these, assuming we're talking about elderly patients, it could be a young person who'd had a severe automobile accident, or it could be a premature baby who was struggling for life. We, no chance is given to that human being. There is no long court trial. There is no uh, public defender. This person is voiceless. And this is the system that Obamacare is based on. Well, that's absolutely true. We talked about the Independent Payment Advisory Board um, who decides the cost-effectiveness of care. We have the requirement that your medical records, your medical records, every single fact in those medical records is available on an instantaneous basis to the Medicare, for instance, or insurance providers. So what is envisioned in a couple of years is that every time we fill out uh, a list of diagnoses, those diagnoses and all your pertinent information go to one place, for instance, in Raleigh or Atlanta, wherever it may be in your region, 
And someone there, when you then go to the next screen in your medical records, which is the list of treatment choices, someone has already looked at what you have, how old you are, what your value to society is, and when you get those treatment choices, some will be grayed out. And you will not be able to choose them for American patients who, before Obamacare, could get anything that they needed. That's exactly correct. And not the other things that are taken into consideration is not just your history, but the amount of medication you're on, the cost of that medication, how often you take it, and your compliance with your treatment. Are you overweight? Do you smoke? Et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know, absolutely, right now, this is already happening in the United States. Uh, yes. In patients who have diabetes, for instance, and as you know, I'm an, I'm an ophthalmologist, so I'm taking care of their eyes. But when I'm coding what they have, the first code I have to give is, number one, that they are diabetic, and then I have to say, are they controlled or uncontrolled? That's the first code. The second code then, or third code, second, third, or fourth, whatever, are all the codes based on the diabetic diseases that they may have, but it's all, but that first code is what goes first to the insurer or the Medicare is, is this person controlled or uncontrolled? And what that means is someone is looking to say, if you're not controlled, it's your fault, and you're not going to get the care you need. Even if you are compliant. Even if you are compliant. That's correct. Well, I'll tell you, this is, this is something that bears a lot more discussion. I think so. I think so, too. So uh, we're going to be back, and we're going to talk some more with Sandy Goss, because this is just fascinating. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Call me the mischief. Everything, everything, everything. 